Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Behind the Veil, a show that provides insight into the world of weddings. I'm Keith Willard, and it is great to be back. Last week, I was on vacation, and oh my God, I had the best time. But, you know, I was able to have a really good time because I had the most amazing co-host, Marcy Gutenberg, with an affair to remember by Marcy. She took over the show. And had the most incredible interview with Bobby Brinkman. And if you have not seen it, you've got to, because it's already over 12,000 views on YouTube and our podcast is going crazy. So check out iTunes, Spotify, or ask Alexa because she knows who we are. I'm just saying, not to say, yeah. Anyway, she knows who we are, Uh, but check it out because Bobby Brinkman did an amazing job and Marcy did an amazing job. And then of course the gorgeous Brooke Logan Stoner stepped in and just, rounded out the whole conversation. So you've got to check that out. And the next week we have David Jatera. What? How did that happen? David Jatera is going to be on our show next, next week. And then after that, we've got a couple of other big surprises, but, um, but today we've got Kellyanne Peck and I'm telling you right now, if you have a David Jatera, you had a Kellyanne Peck that made a David Jatera. And so I'm so excited because this woman has more than $23 million in revenue and over 400 brides down the aisle. But before I introduce her, let me introduce Marcy Gutenberg with an affair to remember by Marcy. Marcy, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know what? I had the best, you know, the best partner in this, so I cannot ask for more. I mean, it's just Uh, really, you've, you've given me so many great tools. I mean, my head, like literally, I'm getting a little excited because I mean, oh my God, they, the, I, it, I watched it while I was away and I thought, I need to take more time off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me ask, how was the cruise? It was amazing. And I have to tell you, we went down to Barbados and did the like St. Kitts, St. Croix, the, you know, St. those, St. 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 something, something, something. You know, it's kind of like a cathedral. Once you've seen like six of them, then they all start to look like the same <laughs> cathedral. So it was kind of the same thing with the islands. Once you saw one island, it was like, oh, look, another island. Oh, okay, good. Okay, great. Cruise ship. Okay. And you know, but you know, it was really interesting is because of the COVID restrictions here versus there, like what islands allowed you to do what was really interesting, but later show. Uh, but you know, t- I'm, I'm excited because we have Kellyanne Peck and, and honestly, before we got on the show, we were just having the most lovely conversation <laughs> with her. And I'm so excited about the show because I just know that she is going to be amazing. Not that we have any pressure on her anyway. Uh, so Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I am super oh. excited to continue the conversation and all of those things. So thank you. Oh my God. So, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I was telling you, I was doing a deep dive and we talked about the difference between one word and I'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, the thing is, is that you, here you were a successful planner. I mean, that's what you were doing. You were planning events. And then all of a sudden you decided that like one day you were like, oh, you know what? I need to help other people do this. How did that happen? How did that moment, because I know that your dad was in there at some point. And so can you give us the story about how, when you decided to redirect and, and then what has happened since? Yeah, sure. So um, my dad started his own company um, literally a year before I was born in uh, 1978. So we'll just throw that out there, like rip the bandaid off four minutes in um, on the age. Uh, so I think I always maybe had the trait, 
but didn't right. necessarily know it growing up. But right. getting to watch him do all different types of things in his business and go to work with him and all of that. Um, and then when I was a business development executive for a rental company locally, we used to go and do these crazy tabletop competitions together. So yes. a lot of people in the DMV area like know who my dad is. And right. um, we, for Ilea, before it was Ilea, um, yes. it was like a decades uh, competition. And I picked the 50s <laughs> and I came home and I was like, I know what I want to do. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I want to build a six foot round 45 and then I want to build another one and then have 45 track records coming down and I want to glitter them and like all of these things. And he's like, okay, let's do it. And um, I will never forget that. Like we, I think we definitely won something out of it um, because I have the award still, but yes, my, of course you do. people know my dad, <laughs> people know my dad because of the fact that, you know, he used to build with me and you know, through that tabletop competition, I remember coming home after an event yeah. and he was literally, it was like one o'clock in the morning and he was like pink glittering the 45 track records. So, oh, they, so they matched the dad. table. What yeah. And my dad. two dogs like were pink glittered as well <laughs> for about a good solid week. So, <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So, uh, Yep, yep. Oh, uh, you never get rid of it. You never get yeah, rid of it. You sure don't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I've planned events for a really long time and I absolutely love that piece of it, but yeah. I always loved the sales side of it. Right. And I always was an internal connector and talking shop with other business owners and going, oh, you should connect with this person or what would be really cool is you can do this with that. And um, then the pandemic happened. Right. <laughs> and right. I knew that I wanted to shift in the business. Right. As much as I love planning events, it just really wasn't filling up my left tank so much. But I really understood what everybody goes through as a business owner and on that side of things. So I had started I having that. people call like calling me and going, Hey Kelly, I want to start a business, but I have no idea how to do that. And I don't know how to sell. Good for you on this because I, yes. I can't even tell you how many times, you know, it, as a connector, because we, yep. we in the industry tend to be natural connectors. It's like, I'm going to connect, you know, when you're working with the bride, I'm going to connect you with your photographer. I'm going to connect you with your DJ. I'm going to, but, on the industry side, that's just as important. That how many times have we had somebody in the in, that's new to the industry, and we and as a NACE president, and as Marcy as a NACE previous wait immediate past president, that, I think that's yeah, my official title now. Yes. And as Marcy is a, an immediate immediate past president or past past president, you know that's a thing we got used to taking people under our arm, yeah. and as new members and saying, okay, w we can help you, but it it was limited. I mean, we could only do too much because we had our own business to do, de deal with. So how perfect. Yeah. I mean, and I totally understand like being on and off of NACE boards. Uh, I, I've done that in the DMV area since 2011. I'm actually right. not on a board right now. It's almost been a year and that's odd uh, for me. You, but I have, We have positions. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Wanna goal is to eventually move to Florida. So, um, 
true. You'll have me on speed dial. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, it, it was one of those things where people just started reaching out and I've always loved the sales process. I've, I can go in and talk to anybody. I can, I don't have a problem with people telling me no, like all of those things. And it's very exciting to start a business, but there's no handbook to entrepreneurship. It's just like no, you not. start it and yeah. you're like, okay, now what? Um, and right. I really wanted to be a guide for people to have a sounding board, to be in the cone of silence uh, mm. and really be able to dive into personal things because our businesses are our babies. Um, well, and being is a big able part to, of that. to cultivate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's hard. That's also a really interesting point because a lot of people that get into this business at the very beginning worry about competition. You know, yeah. do how much advice do I take from somebody else that's in the same industry? To my own, because are they really telling me what I need to know for my own business, you know, or, or are they like, okay, I'm going to give you my kind of advice. And so you're like the doctor or the psychologist for a new entrepreneur. You're, you're their sounding board. You're their, you know, their go-to specialist and you don't share your, their information with anybody else. No, I mean, how I work with my clients, I work with them in a group setting um, where, and that's been hugely, hugely amazing for me is to build a community and literally, listen, my husband is my (laughs) biggest cheerleader. God bless him. He didn't get on the bus until I started crushing it. And I was making like four times the amount. And you need one to month, talk to and my he's husband. like, "Oh, <laughs> and mine as well." Oh, I am, um, uh, uh, yeah, I can get behind that, Kelly. And I'm like, "Of course you can," um, because it's not a competition in our house. But um, it it's is. one of those things where it's been hugely <laughs> exciting to, with the group coaching side of it, is when you're an entrepreneur, you. Yeah need to be around other entrepreneurs and be in a safe space because we all think that we're dealing with different problems when no matter if you've been in business for a year, if you've been in business for 15 years and everybody's going through the same stuff, everybody has the same questions. Everybody is dealing with no, everybody is dealing with, you know, I'm having to reschedule this wedding three different times. They can't get this in. They can't, you know, (laughs) I've been talking to a lot of rental companies lately. Like they literally have containers that they've ordered for this season of spring sitting, literally being waited to come in from China so they can put it into their rental facility. So you all have the availability to rent it for your clients. Um, So it's one of those things where the cultivating that community and For them to be able to come in and talk about those things, talk about the wins, talk about the right. success, talk about the losses, which I find the losses to be more interesting and mm. sometimes more fun to dive into because yes. we learn so much more from the, oh, I am never going to be in that situation ever again. But you know, um, <laughs> and, and actually, I just talked to, to Brooke about this and I hope that she comes on because she had a wedding last week and I told her, I said, yeah. look, it's it's not about the successes. It's, it's about the failures. That's when, yeah. you learn That's when you learn everything is the failures. Mm-hmm. Everybody can do something successful and everybody goes, yay, cheer, cheer, cheer. But there was a million people making it a success. When you fail, you know exactly 
who what you needed to do in order to fix that. And you'll never yeah, do and, it again. <laughs> and you'll never yeah. do it again, but it also shapes you into a much better CEO. It shapes you into a much better human. It it does all of those things. Um, I remember it was probably about six weeks ago. Yeah. There, like I talk about sales all day long. There are some days <laughs> where I don't want to do it either. And right. if a business sales coach isn't telling you that, they're not being very transparent with you. Oh but my husband came home and he was like, how's your day? And I'm like, <laughs> and um, I was like, I want to throw the computer off the deck, but I really should not do that. And he's like, you know, okay, so we get dinner done and I have a four and a six-year-old um, and they're like in bath and we're watching Jeopardy and he's like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, well, you know, Colonel Sanders had to knock on 116 doors until he got the yes for the original KFC recipe. Yep. And I just have to keep doing that too and it will be okay. And He's literally like, what are you talking and about? And he's like, KFC? <laughs> Who the he's hell like, are you talking about? What? Did we, have, did we have chicken for dinner? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, well, she's not crying, so that's an added bonus for him, right? But did we get the extra crispy? I don't understand. <laughs> no, but it's true, right? Like, I think sometimes when we want to compare and right. we want to look at what others are doing, that didn't happen overnight. Like people had to work really hard for it and yes. all the time for it. It doesn't, it's not like the magic eight ball. Cause I'm a nineties kid. I could turn it right. over and go, Oh, that's going to happen. Like we have to really work at it and we have to cultivate it and all of those so, things. So, so there's definitely an age difference because when you say magic eight ball to me as an older person, mm. no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've done that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and we're saying no to all the youth out there. No, but. Magic 8-Ball was a black round ball that you shook. You asked a question right. to it just to be a little bit more specific. Okay. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Being straightforward, I'm just saying, you know, we we, we hold no, no putts on this, you know. Um, but I do want to I saw ask this shirt. I just have to say, I, have, I saw this guy in a shirt this weekend, and I had to put it on Facebook this weekend, this past weekend, and it says, do more than is required, no days off. Hold on. Oh, there she goes. Oh my gosh, it just it just escaped. Oh no, no. Oh, oh here it is. Okay. Do more than is required. No days off. Consistent consistent effort breeds success. And it's like I think people misunderstand that when you become a, your own boss, you work harder, you work you have to work smarter and you have to continuously educate yourself. You're yeah, you know, constantly. you're you you're constantly researching you're constantly getting more information you have to change with the times it's not an easy thing you just have to kind of put yourself out there though and realize that yes you're gonna have some benefits to it but there's also you know you have to have the the drive to it too yeah 100 yeah, sure. time is time everybody gets seven days a week 24 hours in a day and it's what you do with it um and you know it's some of us start our businesses and go, I'm going to have work-life balance immediately being an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? Sorry. But you do have to, you do have to find the balance. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you do like, have to find the balance. You Later. But you get, Later. You, 
Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, but you figure out what that is for you, right? As right. well as how to do that. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, there are plenty of nights where I work from nine to midnight because no, but I don't have mom. Only, I don't have yeah. the phone ringing. It's quiet and I'm a night owl. You know, so, so that works for me um, and where I can take a break during the day, you know, to be productive and all of those things. But I don't feel that we also need to be constantly as an industry going, you know, I want to work 100 hours a week. Nobody wants right. to work 100 hours Nobody. a week. No. Nobody wants Nobody. to be burnt out. Like, shut the phone off. Don't right? take the phone upstairs. Put the computer I you away. Say, shut Do all shut this. your mouth. I was, like, but, I was like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I have a question though, because I the, earlier you made a you made a statement or a, a comment, it, well, whatever. Um, and I find this fascinating because we've had other you, we've had other leaders in, in on the show, and this has come up a couple of times: is that the difference between a way a CEO thinks and a way an employee thinks? And I mean, how much of your time is invested in? Like, okay, you're a boss, you're the boss. Uh, and, and sometimes you have to get over your own like hesitancy to not offend. I don't want to even say that because, you know, if you look at it from a business perspective, it's never offending. It's, I know what I'm doing. This is my business. And if I, if I survive and I thrive, it's mine. And if I fail, it's mine. Right. So tell us a little bit more about that CEO thought process when it comes to new people? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. And if you're not investing in the people that you bring in and you're not spending the time with them to set them up, or you're just coming in and going, Oh, I've hired a new person. Now here you go. That's not right. helpful to anybody. Um, you really have to, spend the time with that person. You have to make time on your calendar to do those things. Right. You have to teach them about the company culture, who you want to work with, who, how you do things, what that looks like, how you talk to a client, what is the experience from the time that they come on to the day of the event and how you run things from executing your wedding and all of those things. And that takes a lot of time in the beginning. In the beginning, As, yeah. In the beginning, for sure. You have to invest in those people. I'm a big believer in hire slow, fire fast, where you... I'm writing that down. <laughs> yes. smart. Yes. That. Which now we all have been in a situation, right? It, right. Being a CEO or being in a place of senior level management where you're hiring and firing people where you have spent the time, but you go, you know what? This person is not it. And I am in the midst of wedding season. Yeah. I'll deal with that problem tomorrow. And then it's six months down the road and it's, Oh, I still haven't dealt with that problem yet <laughs> yep. because of the fact that I have to take over all of that work again. It's going to, I, I'm already buried. I'm trying to figure things out. All of those things, because we wear so many hats during the day as a CEO. And really it's one of those things where those types of people can hide yeah. in corporate America. We yeah. all know if we were in corporate America, the ones who like did the work and the ones who were just collecting a, 
check. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, please. Your business, <laughs> you work very hard for your money. You yeah. work very hard for the reputation that you stand upon and all of those things. Right. And when you bring on an employee that might not be a right fit, that's okay. Interviewing is a crapshoot. Somebody can interview amazing and not be your person. And that's all oh. right. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's, dealing with the problem and not yeah. going, Hey, I, I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'll do it after this wedding because I really need a body on hand <laughs> to put the place cards out or oh, deal with the mother of the bride or whatever that may be. Right. Yeah. But right. at the same time, it's one of those things where it's hugely important because it is your money. It's your company. It's your baby. It's not something that you, it's not a good thing to push under the rug. Is there, um, is there a personality uh, personality type that's better than others? Like when you meet somebody and, and you say hire slow, fire fast, that you're like, you, you, you're going to get this right. You know, or is that, or the, is that something that can even be trained? Can that be trained? Well, I think no personality cannot be trained. Right. Right. Okay. Good. All right. Making sure. Okay. So yeah, but you know, I mean, because there's some people that are like, roll with it. We're all going to, we're all in the same boat. And I'm like, no, I'm in the big boat. You're in the little boat and you've got a Dang. rope and I can, yeah. And I can cut it. Yeah. And if you can't keep up, I'm literally going to lose my stuff. Right. Um, exactly. You know, it's, it's, the people who have no sense of urgency, but think they are uh, made for this industry. No, that's what this whole industry is. It's one big ball of sense of urgency. Um, oh you know, with personality <laughs> just, type, I don't think they're, it's one of those things where what you can train is you can train right. yourself to ask the right questions to vet mm. people. Yeah. Um, so asking the right questions of, how do you deal with a client? What's an experience you've been a part of? And that was really hard. And how did you deal with it? You know, what types of company culture do you like being a part of? It's all of those things, right? right. So that can be trained. Like you can, it's asking the right questions. Right. But as far as from personality, like people have, everybody has different personalities, right? But I got asked this question a couple of weeks ago where it's like, should you hire the same personality? And oh god, no! no. You oh. can if you want like, to, but I, I also like think, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, where oh I, I talk about with my clients, it's one of those things where it's like hiring a person through your services, right? Right. When you have a person in front of you and you're like, oh my God, I can do these amazing things for them. And they are my vibe. They like the same things as I do, all of those things. And you're really excited about that. You tend to book that client. It's the right. same thing with bringing a person on within your team. It's if you really feel a connection in that relationship and also are talking about company culture and what are the challenges of your company? What are you looking for this person to do? And it all being set in stone and really there being a foundation there. And it's not a secret, which it shouldn't be a secret. Um, then you oh tend God. to find the right people. But for extrovert versus introvert, yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm an extrovert, you know, but it's great to have introverts on the team because of the 
fact that you're hiring somebody who does different skills and has different gifts because then you can stay in your lane and let them be in their zone of genius and do the things that you don't want to that fills their love tank up. And it, it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody's not fighting over the same thing. Yeah. Well, talking about, talking about extroverts, Hello, Brooke Logan Stoner. Hi, Brooke. So we were just talking about you. Oh, yeah? Is that why my ears are warm? I'm just totally kidding. Just totally kidding. No, no. And and actually, we were at the beginning of the show. I said, oh, we have a a third, Brooke, but she'll be on after she gets her makeup done. So I'm glad that you put a little effort into today. No, it looks amazing. She's like, do not. But you know, but Brooke, I was actually just telling them. I said, you know, uh, I you, I talked about your 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 event last week and about the the fact that you know there were challenges that were unthinkable. You're just unthinkable stuff that comes up and how you had to you know roll with it, but you have to fail in order to learn. And you know, being in that position, and so she she is becoming a boss. Let me just say, Brooke is starting to become a boss. I I, I she is becoming a boss but yes i love that is, but i think that you have to go through those kind of scenarios before you go tell somebody else look don't do that i've done it it'll mess you up the frustrating part was i knew this because i have common sense and i've been trained by the best and i was already at a certain level when i came in with keith and yeah. i i knew it and i was like if these certain things are done themselves because i saw some some situations, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be right all the time. Let me tell you that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. And I was like, I don't think you'd be smarter than enough for a mess up on the show. <laughs> She's like, damn it. I knew that was going to happen. Damn it. But, but, uh, but uh, sorry, going back to the, the, the conversation, though, about, you know, asking the, the right questions, you know, and personality differences and, and people being in their, their staying in their lane. When I, and I'm going to bring up a personal situation, is that when I was, so I used to be on the hotel side. I was brought into a hotel, um, a nice a high-end hotel, um, to bring it out of bankrupt- bankruptcy. So, yep. I, you know, my job was to be kind of an entrepreneur for a hotel, right, to bring in new business. And so I was wearing lots of hats, lots of hats. And then we got so successful that Ritz-Carlton came in, bought the hotel, and then kept me on. And then all of a sudden, I had a lane. And I mean, that was rough. Because it was using a whole new set of rules around me and being and going, okay, I have to learn how to work within this system. And right. so when you're talking to your your new clients, to the people that are coming in in, in onboarding, so to speak, in, in their new company, and you talk about creating that culture, how important is it to have this stuff written down, even at the very beginning? Hugely important. Hugely. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm going to use a fun term that everybody's going to roll their eyes, you know, an SOP, standard operating uh, procedure. Oh, my God, you tell me now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's one. the one. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Um, I know you lived and died by them in uh, the hotel world. Uh, that's why I was in private clubs for the longest time because I didn't have to drink that juice. So... Um, you know, it's one of those things where if you're a business owner, you already know what your mission is. 
Right. You should anyways, right? Make money. It, it, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, like why you do what you do, right. your niche, all of those things, right? Right. Um, but at the same time, when you're hiring for the first time or if you're looking to bring in a marketing company or something along those lines, you might not have SOPs for that yet. And that's okay. It's mm. one of those things when you're bringing that person in. Right. You need to start documenting everything. You need yes. to be thinking about those things. From an onboarding process right. for SOPs, you should have that. You should know what your onboarding process looks like for an employee or what you want that to be if you've never been through it. And well, it's marking as, out that plan. As someone that color codes their emails, meaning you and Marcy, <laughs> Same. which we had that conversation <laughs> yes, before we went on love there. it. And as a somebody that made like literally the palm sweat, as you all were talking about color coding your Outlook files, you know, I, <laughs> having hearing somebody say you got to document everything, everything has to be written down. I'm like, oh my god, that is, I am not that person. I'm not that creative type. Is that important then to pair up with somebody else that is that type? You know, yeah. I mean, then how, how you know, how, how important is that? And, and, and to pairing, because you guys are obviously very detail oriented, have your, you know, your, your color stickers and stuff, but I think it's also just important to have a, somebody else that is your partner that goes out and sells as a, yes. you know, a, an ideas person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't, most creatives, because they're yeah. so left brained, they don't, they need to hire a right brain person that likes the logistics. They like writing the timelines. They like writing SOPs, gets them very excited. They like color coding your calendar, <laughs> all of those things. That's a very right. important person to hire for you. Right. But it's also, can you, do you make enough money in your business to do that, mm. to bring them on as right. well as when they're coming in, have them document everything that, they do. Because when you bring on someone and you're spending that time with them for the first 90 days, right? you're going to meet on, you should meet on a weekly basis and go, hey, what's working? What's not working? How right. can we change this? It's like your debriefs when you do them after events. Mm. It's like the situations that Brooke was in that she will never put herself in again with that one client. It's nope. just how do you make it better? Right. And being able to give people the space to write everything down and then empower them to go, Hey Keith, we could do this different in the business. Mm. And I think this would be really cool for the client and we could, this isn't working, but maybe we try this. That is huge. So because so, we go ahead. No, because uh, this reminds me of scope. So, and this was a really interesting conversation that Burke and I had this morning is that, I had a very similar situation that happened, but it was a uh, at a private museum. It was super high end. There was lots of money in it. And, and so, but the challenges were exactly the same with the client, with the, with the issues that we had to deal with just on a larger scale budget. And so when I hear you talk about, you know, uh, companies sizes and you hear yep. the word CEO, you know, a CEO of a company of three and a CEO of a company of 30 and a CEO of a company of a hundred have very similar problem problems, but, and, and yes. challenges, 
it's the scope that we're talking about, right? So, so the basics are still the same. So even if you're just a company of three, you should still be thinking like a company of 30, company of 300. And isn't that because you also want to, um, like, let's say you want to expand down the road, right? You then have your SOPs or your, you know, your guidelines of all the things that that initial person started to create and document so that you don't have to go back to the board and start all over from scratch. You can at least start from somewhere and continue the path. Isn't that correct? correct? Is that, are we correct when we say that, that the scope is the, the basic questions are the same. The difference is scope. The difference is scope. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the beauty part of entrepreneurship is you make it whatever you want it to be. There are no rules. And I think some of us who are rule breakers absolutely love that. Some of us yes. that abide by the rules are like, wait a minute, what? I get to make Ask my for own. forgiveness, not permission. Uh, Just saying. Right. Ask for forgiveness, exactly. not permission. But when you're building your companies, it's one yeah. of those things like, what's the angle? Do you want to be a solopreneur and only have maybe one to two employees? Or do you want more of a corporate model structure where you're going to leave it to your kids one day, or you want to sell your company eventually, or you want someone to buy it, like all of those things, right? What's the end game? Yeah. But you know, that's a question that comes up all the time. Actually, we've, we've had that question come up several times. It's like, you have to decide what kind of company you want. Do you want to have a company of one or two people? And are are you happy with that? Or are, are you looking to be, you know, a boss of other planners? And not be a planner yourself, per se. You're still in the creative process-ish, but you have other people that were doing your job. And so I I decided that I decided that I wanted to always be in the trenches, so to speak. So I'm always going to have a small company. But, you know, I understand the idea of wanting something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no wrong or right answer. It's whatever is best for you, right? right. But I think... No matter if you have a smaller company or if you have a larger company, you will get to a point in time where it's, okay, I've made multi six figures. I know who to sell to. I know how to do those things, but I am one person or I'm one person and an assistant. And am I okay with staying there? Which is fine. Or do I want to grow and how am I going to do that? And it's scaling it with different types of revenue buckets that you bring into your business. Because like when you started your business, what was the goal? Like now it's probably changed as well as like the clients (laughs) you work with, like all of those things. Right. So it's, that's the journey of entrepreneurship. It's figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go. But at the same time, scaling is where it's at. It's, are you going to do that or are you not going to do that? Because when you get to like the 250K mark, yeah. you have proof of concept. You know what hits, you know what money making models work for you. You know how to message to people. You know how to sell your book of business. But right. then it's like, okay, I want to grow, but I need more money to be able to have a team and pay payroll. So how am I going to do that? And everybody gets there in entrepreneurship. It's, when, are you going to stay where you're at or are you going to grow? And when you, when you're bringing on a new client, because this is your, your world now is this, this is your business is helping other people become successful. You know, do you do that onboarding question? Are you doing what they should be doing later by asking those questions? Are you 
talking to them like a new hire, figuring out what their strengths are and which direction they should go? Yeah. So every client who works with me goes through an onboarding process. Right. And it's, but I also used to do that when I was an event planner or a business development executive, all of those things. We've all been in situations where we sign up for something. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now what? (laughs) Where did they go? (laughs) And we don't want to do that to people. We want to, people want to know what are the next steps. People want to know what's happening. So, When clients work with me, we talk about where they are from a revenue standpoint, where they want to go, how serious they are, because I want to work with people who want to get to a 250K mark and who want to crush that. And if I talk to a business owner that wants to just hit six figures, that's okay too. But I might not work with them because they don't want to go any further than that. Again, it boils down in vetting questions, right? So with the onboarding process, yes, they go through everything. It's they have a huge questionnaire. We spend 90 minutes on an onboarding call going over everything because clients that work with me do group coaching. They do one-to-one. We do VIP days. They know where the expectations are and all of those things. And they're with me for a year. I don't do three-month coaching. I don't do six-month coaching. I do 12-month because of the fact that it's a very intimate relationship when we start talking about numbers and all things that has to do with our businesses. But I want to be able to hold you accountable. And I want you to see the growth and success and the failures and how you affected that change and all of those things. If I could help people do amazing things in three months, which I have, I've helped people do that. I would not be living in Ashburn, Virginia. I'd be living on a yacht in the French Riviera. Um, so it's just, it's figuring out what they really truly want to work on and teaching them about charging what they're worth and not charging by the hour. And are you doing packages and are you leveraging your time? Like it's not a secret what I teach. It's just, and again, people today, right? When they're talking, when they're hearing this, well, I've heard that a million times. The key question is, are you doing it? And then they go, oh, well, you know, Kelly. Well, (laughs) and I think that's a perfect segue into your blog because I, you, you know, you, you have your blog that was talking about why is uh, it's time to stop slapping a number on your packages, you know, and, and those kind of things. And then of course I'm going to talk about uh, the word because I, the first thing I read was how to support small business beyond buying them. And then I went, Oh wait, how to smart support a small business beyond buying from them. Okay. Two totally different worlds. All right. So I'm not (laughs) buying other businesses, but you know, I mean, the thing is, is that, you, you know, here you have this blog that's helping people what's the difference between listening to your blog and then having you as a, a hand-holding person? Because, you know, they, they say, well, I mean, she's giving it away for free on her blog. Why do I need to like invest? Yeah. So the blog, as well as the messaging on the website, or if you go to social media, like all of those things for yeah. me, it, you have to build the no like, and trust when you mm-hmm. work with me, 
you are investing in yourself. Yes, you are investing in what I'm going to provide, but you are investing in yourself. It's one of those things where we talk about as a CEO, how much do you want to make? 10% of that should go into education, with a, whether it's with a coach, whether it's conferences, whether it's joining NACE, all of those things. That is pure investment that you need to invest in yourself on a year-to-year basis. Right. And I do the blog because of the fact that I want people to have education and I want them to have tips and I want to share the information. That's where the blog comes in. It also comes in where I get asked over and over and over again, some of the questions that are on the blog and I put them out there. You know, I want everybody to win, you know, and And, it's one of those that's good business. Go that is, that's just good yes. business. And, you know, and I, I compare it to a D, a D, I, D, do it yourself bride who listens to a blog and then goes, okay, well, then I know the basics. I know I have to get a florist and that my budget should be this and it's blah, blah, yeah. blah. But it's not the same as having a specialist in that world that can really break it down and say, okay, yes, 20% of your budget should be florals, but right. what should be in those florals? What should be those colors? What kind of season are we talking? I mean, there's so many other questions past the basic blog questions that I I think is really important. And that's what I was trying to, sorry, get us to is the fact that there's so much more detail that goes into having to build a business and having somebody like you hold, hold their hands and say, okay, come on. Exactly. I mean, you can get, like you just said, you can get so much out of the blog, right? And it's suggestions. But at the same time, when you work with me, we literally talk about your business. Mm. We talk about the challenges. We talk about what's going on. We talk about, you know, I've had clients lately that needed to hire their first hire. We went through a whole VIP day talking about that, where they are, can they afford it, who they want, right? Right. Because we think we want one person and then we want another person. And then we figure out, oh, I don't need that. I actually need this. Right. Uh, with with packages, you know, slapping a price on it. Uh, like, hello, I've done that through my whole career. Um, <laughs> we've all done it. Uh, or I get the, hey, Kelly, everybody else is doing it. So this is what my price should be. And I'm like, oh, uh, are you making a profit? That drives me crazy. And they're like, well, no, I'm dr- I'm breaking even. And I'm like, so you're working really hard and you're breaking even. Does that make any sense? And no. they're like, no, it does not. Right. Exactly. Working 100%. So the guidelines are there on the blog because I absolutely love sharing the information with others. And I want people to succeed. I want people to have that at their fingertips. But to your point, Keith, you can only do so much with that. Like you really need to have a community, have people in, you know, your wheelhouse, your circle of influence and all of those things. So, and which is hugely important. So I'm going to go back to the original thing that we talked about because they, you know, we talked about the, there's no such thing as an overnight success. And, you know, we've seen it on the show. We've seen it with our own personal businesses is that it takes time to get yes. that foundation laid. And I think everything that we've talked about on, on this show so far is talking about the SOPs, talking about high, you know, uh, higher, slower, fire, faster. All those things are you're building that foundation so that way when the success does hit, and it will if you put in the work and the effort and consistency, 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 
then all of a sudden people go, oh, you're an overnight success. Right. But that's because you took the time to build the right foundation. Right. Yes. 100%. Six people that don't know any, like six people that don't do anything about anything versus that one person that knows it. Right. Like my my Saturday, like extra nothing is yeah, nothing. <laughs> I know, but you know, but that's what I'm saying is that you know, here you are, a person with experience that's been on our side, that has been on the uh, on this side building your business, and has watched, you know, uh, personal people around them build their businesses, and from a third person part uh, point of view, which I think is really important actually to see something somebody else do it from a third person point of view, and then also have all the contacts that you've had. And and being able to connect people to the right people and then doing the, the group effort just totally makes sense. I mean, it just all seems to just make sense. And I, I hope our, our, our listeners and our viewers understand where I'm coming from because I just feel like it's like a farm. You know, you got to add the fertilizer and the soil and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But, the, but the crop grows together, you know? You, yes, yeah, so you we like I constantly talk about is like planting the seeds. And I, and I have to remind myself about that in my business as well. Like it does take time. It's, you know, now we live in the world of Amazon where it's instant gratification. Like uh, I can have yeah. it. If I order it now, I can have it tomorrow at 10 AM. That's not how businesses work. <laughs> it takes time. Exactly. You have to, to tend the weeds and water the soil to be able to have the growth. Right. And, you know, where I think a lot of people get stuck sometimes is they're like, Kelly, I, I just don't like to sell. And I, <laughs> and I tell them, I'm like, well, selling is the biggest thing that puts cash in your bank account. And they're like, but I just want to service a client. And I'm like, then don't be a CEO then because if you're not booking, you're not making money. Not booking, you're not cooking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, when I used to go in and sell rentals, it's like, do you book or do you cook? Because it's different. Like if your sales, you're booking, if you're, you know, overseeing and project managing, you're cooking it. You have to do both in your business where most business owners, because it's their safe space and they want to deliver to the client, which is hugely, hugely important, which you have to put the time into that. But if you don't have any clients to service, that's a problem. So it's thinking of, they look at me and go, well, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, are you prospecting? Are you doing sales yeah. activities? And they're yeah. like, well, what's a sales activity? And I'm like, are you picking oh up the phone and talking to people? Um, are we reaching back out to past clients? Are we reaching back out to people who have had a proposal out? Well, why would I do that? Because they are not going to call you. You oh have to pick up the phone and call them. I swear they have not ghosted you. <laughs> they, life gets in the way. It just does. It's like today. Uh, you know, Isabella's got the flu. Jason's home. Like, right. watching the kids so I can do this. You know, it's all of those things. Like, life gets in the way and you forget. Or I That's know true. I need to sign that contract and it's been a week. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, pick up the phone, reach out, like be top of mind. And you all do that. Everybody oh, has so the sales trait. Because if you think yeah. you had a perfect event and their client was actually bothered by one or two things and maybe you just sit and pick up on it or see it, you need that feedback. Wow. 110%. And I love that, Brooke. I, it, 
I remember like liquid gold that I got from a client uh, back in 2018. And and 2018 was like the the season of uh, crazy brides. <laughs> like I had one nice <laughs> client that year. We all go through that sometimes. Um, but this particular client, um, through the process of planning their event, I literally, we just got into a conversation and you know this, like, it is a very intimate thing. And I went, why did you hire me? And they're like, because we absolutely loved how you spoke. You shot from the hip and we wanted to do a full wedding package and Mm. you included the rehearsal dinner. So we signed automatically and I'm like, awesome. And so again, I learned that from another client. I was up against another person and they were like, hey, they ended up booking me after, you know, right. I was their second choice. And it's okay to be a second choice, guys. You get to be a bigger hero. Oh, please. That- 30%, 30% of my weddings are second choice. I'm 30%. Yeah. And you know but- why? I get to I get to be the savior. What? Exactly. You get to be the hero. But they looked at me and said, hey, Kelly, if you would have put the rehearsal dinner in, we would have signed automatically. What do you think I went and did to my full planning packages? I oh, literally yeah. went, oh, it takes this much time to do the rehearsal dinner. I can put another assistant on it. I don't have to be there um, and uh, increase my package. New clients aren't going to know that there's a price difference and literally sold that over and over and over again. Ask your clients why they book you. I'm adding rehearsal dinner to my package. (laughs) What would you say? (laughs) What would you say to somebody who is in the process of interviewing people and they just feel like they're not finding their person to fill the void of what they need Because in today's world, the market is very, very different than it was a couple of years ago. I mean, the the vision of what people's expectation is about taking on a job is different than what it was a few years ago. Yeah. So when we actually have a module called Hiring Your Dream Team um, with my clients, and one of the biggest things is interviewing is a lot like you've got you put it out on Indeed, you get 80 80 resumes back and it's like oh my god how the time to go and find that then you narrow it down to 30 and then you have to spend 30 hours literally interviewing 30 different candidates what we recommend is literally you have a conversation with your top 10 and you vet it down and then you literally put them on a Zoom call. And this goes back to company culture. Pe- yep. I get that look all the time, Keith. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I, I forgot like, I was on screen. What? I'm like, roll my eyes. Oh, what are you talking about? Okay. I just need to so, like, what? So <laughs> why you do that is yeah. literally you pitch to them. You've already vetted them through a 30-minute interview and then you get your top five on a Zoom call and it's you pitch. You put up a PowerPoint and go, this is company culture. This is the challenges. This is what you'll be doing. This is what right. excites us. This is what we're going after. You get to see how people interact with one another. You get to see who's quiet. You get to see who's excited. You get to see right. all of those things. And then 
you've only spent one hour of time with five people. And then they want to see the reaction. How they're going to. But, you know, as, as a people pleaser, I I feel like, oh my God, did I just do them a disservice? Am I being, you know, fantasy island or whatever, survivor island, and you're off the island because you answered this wrong? I mean, I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I don't know how I would feel being in that kind of group. Well, they're not doing a lot of talking. I get it. You're pitching to them. But at the same time, you get to see how they interact with people. And literally, when you're in that first interview session, it's, hey, Keith. So a part of our company culture, you're a great fit. I would love for you to move on to the second round. We do a Zoom call. It's about yeah. 45 minutes, and this is the time that it's going to be. You'll get to meet the other people who are the candidates for the position and interact with them. We're going to show you about our company culture and all the things about the position. You can ask questions. Does that seem like a good fit for you to move on in the interview process? Like you have to plant the seed, right? Yeah. And then they know. They, again, it's ex expectations and planting the seeds. So, and it's great as a solopreneur because of the fact that you literally can do that one for one hour versus five hours of second interview. I mean, it makes total sense. And I'm going to have to like reevaluate what I, what do I do as far as new people? (laughs) Brooke, don't worry. She's like, Oh, I'm not. She's like, no, no, no. I think the reason why I asked that question is because, I mean, we went out for dinner this week, this past weekend. I'm going to give you a perfect example. We went out this past weekend. We went to a restaurant we've been to before. Great food, always great service. And this time there was a new person that was serving us. It took literally two and a half hours to get our food that we almost got up and left, obviously, but we had nice entertainment. And I just felt like the girl just, she didn't want to be there. It was blatantly obvious, but at the very end of the evening, she came up, she finally gave us her name. She finally said, you know, oh, thank you so much. And all the niceties that you think, you know, you want your client to hear. Right. But But it wasn't there earlier on. And it's just, it's kind of indicative of the of the market these days that people right. are taking jobs and they just don't want to be there. And I don't quite understand that, how people are going to overcome that hurdle where they're putting out the pretense that they want to be there, yeah. but then in the middle, they're forgetting what to do. They're forgetting the steps. They're not... They're not getting to the plate, so to speak. So does this process help alleviate that issue of weeding out the people that don't actually want to be there? They're like, damn, I got to get a job. And, oh, mm-hmm. doing events sounds like not fun. You, <laughs> if you're going to do events, like that's a perfect you know? setting to put with a bunch of people because you're going to be doing that for your job. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, again, it's one of those things where the market is extremely hard. Right. People still want to be at home because they're scared or they just don't want to work, right. um, you know, and it's being a business owner. People want more money. They want more benefits. They want all of those things. But at the same time, it's looking at company culture, what you do for your employees, paying them, all of those things. Gosh. But at the same time, through the interview process, it's asking those questions. I'm telling you, I know the zoom thing sounds weird, but it works. Because uh, I know, I know it does. Point, Marcy, actually, I love this. You We're get to, to see <laughs> if that girl was put on a zoom 
Yeah. And she didn't say hello or say anything to anybody else. You're going to be like, yeah, she ain't my person. Right. Right. Bye. So, bye. And to Brooke's (laughs) point, (laughs) exactly. After you do that Zoom call and you narrow it down again, you make them come and work with you, not a 10 hour day, but have them come in and work two to three hours. And I, I say two to three hours and you pay them. And it's one of those things where for two hours, you can find out a lot about a person. It also, if it's like a bad date, right? Where your friend's like, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> call me if this is going bad, check in. After two hours, you can go, okay, that was great. Thanks so much for coming and cut them loose. Right. But at the same time, you're going to learn a lot about them, how they work with your team, how they deal with the client, how if they know the steps between managing the back of the house and front of the house with the food, right. like all of those things. So, um, I love this. But at the same time, to Marcy's point, with the yeah. girl who didn't check in or didn't seem like she was, she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to the be there. The manager needs to be on there. top of that. Yeah. And us as CEOs need to be looking out for those things too. And it goes back to, well, I knew I should have cut that person six weeks ago. Yeah. Then yep. just do it. <laughs> well, but you know, here, the, here we are, you know, we're, we're almost to the end of our hour and it's incredible. Like the, the wide ranging discussion that we've had, because we've literally talked about, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneur, what kind of entrepreneur are you going to be? Are you going to be one that is a small business or a large business? Are you going to talk about onboarding process, SOPs, hiring practices? What? How? I mean, oh my God. So this is exactly why I think that somebody like like you is perfect for people that are just starting or or maybe even in the business for several years and can't figure out like, what what am I doing wrong kind of thing. Because there is a lot. I mean, it is a lot to deal with. And and a lot of times as new entrepreneurs, and you said this earlier, a lot of times we feel like we're alone. And many times our yes. stories are exactly the same as somebody else. And But yet we don't talk about it because in our world, you have to look like a success to be a success is the idea. And you have to refresh too. I mean, yeah. you know, you have to go through periods of refresh in your career. You know, absolutely. Business goes along. That's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, everybody who has been in business for a year, six months to 15 years. And, you know, I have people that I work with that have been in business for 15 years. I've had people that have been in business for less than one year. Right. The biggest things as an entrepreneur that we deal with is the loneliness because it is lonely and you have to be around the tribe who gets you. It's different being an entrepreneur. It's different. If you're not booking it and you're not making a paycheck, you don't eat where, you know, versus getting a check every two weeks, if you're out in corporate America and it's finding the clients and it's retention, like how do you keep them and how do you keep them coming back and all of those things. So, you know, it just, Okay, so I love sorry. I love doing what I do now to be able to, to help that and move people forward. And damn it, you just talked about tribe, and I was like, oh, that's such a good subject to be talking about. So you, we got to have you back on because I mean, the idea, of psychology about being alone in this business and being on your own and having a tribe to go to is so important. And so you're going to have to come back. Sorry. Oh, I <laughs> totally come back. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. it's over. 
Like already, it's been sixty minutes. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's what I'm saying. And then, and and many times, I find that uh, the and I I don't want people to fast forward to the last twenty minutes because, but I find that a lot of our podcasts, you know, we get into the meat of the subject after the thirty minute mark because you know yeah. we got to like go through the process of learning and hearing and and kind of educating ourselves to what you do and. And then we get into like really good stuff, like the psychology and and the tribe. The, oh my god, I'm so like I'm like all tingly. I can't wait to talk about this. But uh, unfortunately, we're at our end. Oh no, I can't believe it's okay. So <laughs> dang it, I'm so like frustrated because I'm like oh, I want to keep going, but I I know better. Anyway, Kellyanne, thank you so <laughs> thank much. You. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so much fun. I had such a good time talking to you. You are such a joy. And then also you're doing a show me the what was it? Show me the clients. Show on me May the 11th. On May 11th. So if you're local, Where would that be? Kellyanne Peck. Yeah, so it is going to be in Sterling, Virginia. Uh, so anybody, Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia, yeah. come on out. We are, out. it's going to be from 1.30 to 4.30. And we're talking about lead generation, important lead generation for what makes you comfortable so you'll do it in your business yeah. to go out and find the right clients. And then we talk about a process, a sales process with that helps you land your clients with asking the right questions and all of those things. So it's a fun one. It's one of my favorite ones to, to teach. And yeah, so we'll be doing that May 11th. Uh, Kelly, you have been a joy, a joy, a joy, a joy. And I'm serious. We're going to have you back on because I really want to talk about the psychology of being an entrepreneur. I think that's so important for people that are just getting into the business, because I think that's one of the things that really was surprising to me. So again, thank you again to Kelly and Peck for being on the show. Yay! We thank you, you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. So, so much fun. And the next thank week you, we've Kelly. got David Jutera. So check us out next Tuesday at two o'clock. But for now, everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye. So stay on.